Well, good morning and Merry Christmas to you all. Um, good, to, good to see you all this morning and uh, I think that was a beautiful way of kind of just capturing the story. And Madeline is going to now read us um, the birth story from uh, Luke chapter 2 and so it'll be on the screen if you want to follow along on the screen or if you have your Bibles, uh, turn to Luke chapter 2 and Maddie will read it to us. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judah to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angel had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see the thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about the child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds read, returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. On the eighth day, when it was time to circumcise the child, he was named Jesus, the name the angel had given to him before he was conceived. When the time came for the purification rites required by the law of Moses, Joseph and Mary took him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every firstborn male is to be consecrated to the Lord and to offer a sacrifice in keeping what is, with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of doves or two young pigeons. Now there was a man in Jerusalem called Simeon, who was righteous and devout. He was waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not die before he had seen the Lord's Messiah. Moved by the Spirit, he went to the temple courts. When the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the custom of the law required, Simeon took him in his arms and praised God, saying, Sovereign Lord, as you have promised, you may now dismiss your servant in peace. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which... which which you have prepared in the sight of all nations, a light for revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. The child's father and mother marveled at what was said about him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, The child is destined to call the falling and rising of many in Israel and to be a sign that will be spoken against, so that the thoughts of many hearts will be revealed and the sword will pierce your own soul too. There was also a prophet Anna, the daughter of Penuel of the tribe of Asher, she was very old. She had lived with her husband seven years after her marriage and then was a widow until she was 84. She never left the temple but worshipped night and day, fasting and praying. Coming up to them at that very moment, she gave thanks to God and spoke about the child to all who were looking forward to the redemption of Jerusalem. When Joseph and Mary had done everything required by the law of the Lord, 
they returned to Galilee to their own town of Nazareth. And the child grew and became strong. He was filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was on him. Well, now you've seen, you've seen a little bit of the, uh, the story. Uh, you've also now heard the, the Christmas story um, read to us again today. And uh, we want to just take a little bit of time this morning and wrap up our theme that we, have been, uh, that we have been on for the last three Sundays. And if you haven't been here uh, in the last few weeks on Sunday morning, uh, we've been going through this theme in December called Behold. And uh, we've been talking a lot about the, the guy named John the Baptist, uh, in a sense, he, well, he was a prophet, who had been sent beforehand to prepare the people for the Messiah. And John, you know, like everyone else, has been looking forward to the Messiah. And John's sole purpose was simply that. Point the attention, point all the focus away from yourself, and point it all towards Jesus. And today what we want to do is we want to kind of continue on with this theme of behold, but today we get to Jesus. Today is the fifth Sunday of Advent. We've been waiting for the, uh, with an, an anticipation of Jesus coming, and today we are here. This is the day where it has been set aside for us to celebrate the, the, the birth of Jesus. This gave John an opportunity, you know, obviously, um, like we've been saying in the sermons, that he would have had an opportunity to make this event all about himself. And he would have been able to say, yes, there's Jesus is coming. Yes, the Messiah is coming. But I have been chosen to be the forerunner. I have been chosen to be the one to prepare the way. And yet we don't see in the narrative that Jesus, I mean, that John ever focuses on himself. He's always, always, always pointing the attention to Jesus. And obviously, as we've been saying on Sunday mornings, that is what we are supposed to be doing with Christmas. And we live in a world, we live in a society um, where it's not really about Christmas. Um, got sent to the store, and I was really, really happy about this yesterday. Got sent to the store by my loving wife yesterday morning. Go buy a couple of little things, you know, and what a zoo. What a zoo. Um, <laughs> so I couldn't find something, and so I went up to the person working at the store and I'm like do you by any chance have this and she looks at me and I just felt pity she had this look on her eye in her eyes that said does it look like I care <laughs> you know here it is Christmas Eve and you're shopping and then instead of saying you know what I'm not sure she says I've never seen that which was her way I think of saying I got two hours on my shift and then I'm done you know but it's, you know, everyone else there. There's, I saw couples arguing with each other. I saw men, lots of men, lots of men. <laughs> with cell phones in hand, talking to somebody. Now, I did that a couple of weeks ago with my kids actually with me. So that, 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 that solved that. But I saw lots of men with their cell phones. You know, like, is this, what, what was it that, you know? And, and it's easy for us. And I think our society has already done it. Our society is screaming, look at me, look at me. Yes, we have a time, yes, we have set aside a date where we celebrate Christmas, but the easy thing to do is scream, look at me, focus on me, see me. And yet we've seen from John all along, John the Baptist was always, behold, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin 
of the world. I want to just kind of this morning, as we look at the birth story, I want us to see how the shepherds and how Simeon and how Anna and how, how these other people in this story, in their own words, were also saying the same thing. They were always saying, behold, the Lamb of God. And so let's just take some time. Um, John's words um, were, behold, the Lamb of God. That's what his words were to the people who were present at the Jordan River when he was baptizing. And I would say to you and I today, he's still saying to you and I today, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. So John's saying, behold, our Savior, the Savior of the world who has come, who took upon himself the sin of the world, who paid the price by dying on the cross for our sin, and who defeated sin by, by rising from the dead, and who is now seated in heaven on the throne, ruling over the world. God's plan to save humanity, as we saw in the video, was through a line of people who had all kinds of issues and deficiencies and and there, nothing was quite as perfect as you would think it would be. God's plan, though, is so incredibly perfect. God's plan to save humanity from sin included this incredible birth, this amazing story, this amazing event. It included a young girl, and you know her, Mary, and it included a distraught and conflicted man who was engaged to be married her, married to her. His name was Joseph. Now, we don't know a lot about Joseph, but we just simply know this about him, is that he was pledged to be married to Mary, and then he finds out that Mary's pregnant, and this would have created all kinds of confusion. This would have created a lot of tension for them and for Joseph, but Matthew chapter 1, verse 24, we read, when Joseph woke up, he had this dream, he had this vision. He did what the angel of the Lord had commanded him and took Mary home as his wife. But he had no union with her until she gave birth to a son, and he gave him the name Jesus. And we have, again, this story, this mess at first. You look at this mess, and you see nothing but problems. You know, you've got this woman that you're supposed to marry, but now she's pregnant, and she says it's by the Holy Spirit, and you've got this man who has his reputation and, you know, and he's conflicted, and the easiest thing would do, be to do is to walk away from the whole thing. But in a sense, with Joseph's actions, in a sense, what Joseph is saying is, behold the Lamb of God. I don't get it. I don't understand it. I don't know how this all works out. But I just sense, and he knew because of the dream and the, what the angel had said to him, he knew that what he was to do was to marry this woman, who was just a young peasant girl, but who is given this incredible honor of giving birth to the Messiah. And you saw also in the video, Jesus was born in a stable. Nothing glamorous. It wasn't exactly a five-star hotel. As a matter of fact, it was the exact opposite. A place where no king would have ever wanted to be born. But this is how it happened. This was the place that God had picked for the birth of His Son, who is to be the king of kings, who is the king of kings. After the child was born, the first to hear about it, again, as you heard Madeline read it, the first to hear about it were these shepherds. And though these aren't exactly the people that you have on your to-call to list 
when you want to announce something important or something, someone special. But again, God does things his own way. And he took and he ripped open the skies and he brought the message, the most important news to ever have been presented, and he brought it to the least important people. Now, any public relations person anywhere ever would tell you that this is not how you present an important announcement. This is not how you go out and do it. But here we are today. Just think about that. If this wasn't wise, then why are we here today, 2014, still sharing and talking about the message and about Jesus and still reading his story? Here we are today, all these years later, still sharing the story of the birth of Jesus. When these shepherds arrived, they saw the child just as the angels had told them. And then, after they had seen the baby, they just couldn't keep quiet. And in their own way, they ran around and they started telling people, we have seen the baby. We were told we were going to see this baby. And everything is exactly as we, were, as we <clears throat> were told it was going to be. So in their own ways, <clears throat> excuse me, the shepherds were running around saying, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And then we have the story of Simeon and Anna. And these are two people that <clears throat> had been promised many, many years ago that before they passed away, they would see the, the, the baby. They would see the Messiah. And I'm sure many people must have thought them crazy. And wouldn't you? If somebody would come in here every single day or if somebody was in the church here and they never left ever you would begin to think there's something kind of loose in uncle's head you know aunt uh, aunt anna isn't doing so well and if you're an aunt anna i apologize but uh, you know um i'm sure some of us would have looked at a couple like that and said you know what something's not quite right but i want you to remember that this was something that they had been told by the holy spirit and they held on to it. There was a promise that they had been given that they just refused to let go of. And so Simeon is, is led to the temple, literally led to the temple by the Holy Spirit. And it looks like he is led right up to the parents of Jesus, right, right up to Mary and Joseph. And it's as if though the Holy Spirit says, just take the baby and hold him in your arms. Now, if you were a parent and you're walking into a temple and into a big place and, and some old guy just walked up to you and said, give me the baby, you'd probably be a little worried. But it seems very quickly that right off at the beginning, Mary and Joseph seem to figure out that this is something that God has orchestrated. And Simeon, again, in his own words, says a very similar thing that what John will say years later. Simeon, in his own words, says, Behold, the Lamb of God. He doesn't say it in those exact words, but by how he acts, by how he responds, by how obedient he is, he is, in his own words, saying the same thing that John will say years and years later. And then we're introduced to Anna, the prophetess. She's old and widowed. Sounds like she's had a very hard life. Only married to her husband for a short time, and then he passed away, and, and she's had a difficult life. And now she wouldn't be considered someone that we would consider very high on the lo uh, social ladder, but she's devoted. 
She's incredibly devoted. It literally says that she doesn't leave the temple. She's fasting constantly. She's at the temple praying day and night. And what it sounds like what she's been praying for is for someone to come to forgive sin. And just as Simeon is kind of handing the baby back, and we kind of have this picture of him handing the baby back, Anna shows up, walks up to them, and starts prophesying, starts proclaiming, in her own words, the same, again, the same words of John the, of John the Baptist, or similar, sorry, the same meaning of John the Baptist. Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Jesus is born. And everything and everyone is saying, behold, behold, take notice, see who he is, embrace him, be fully aware. He was born for you and for me. This child is born the Savior of the world. So we must celebrate we must celebrate. And I'm sure many of you will remember years and years later, 30-some years later, or 33 or so years later, Jesus is riding into Jerusalem. And the story has shifted very you know, seriously now. He is it's shifted in the sense that now Jesus is, is an adult and and he is, he's been teaching for three years. His ministry has been going for three years. And, and when you read the story, you begin to see that the end is near. For Jesus the end is coming to an end and he's fulfilling now what he had come to do he's now fulfilling the taking away the sin of the world by offering his life for you and I so Jesus is riding into Jerusalem and we call it the triumphal entry and as he's riding into Jerusalem the people and his own disciples are shouting out Hosanna in the highest what the people are saying is what they're acknowledging is that this is the Savior. This is the Messiah. This is the one that the world has been waiting for. And they're crying out, Hosanna, crying out, Savior, save us, be our Savior. Now a very interesting thing happens. The Pharisees are there and they're mad because all these people are gathering and they're throwing down palm leaves and Jesus is riding in and they're crying out, Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. And the Pharisees are upset and they're saying, hey, why don't you tell your disciples, they're saying this to Jesus, tell your disciples to be quiet. And I don't want you to miss this. Because the world has been crying out, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin. It's been done through people. It's been done through angels. It's been done through prophets. It's been done through old men. It's been done through shepherds who would have, no one would have listened to, and yet here we're still telling the story. And now Jesus is riding into Jerusalem. The end is near, and the crowd is shouting out, Hosanna, Hosanna. Look at what Jesus says to them. Jesus says, I tell you, if they keep quiet, the stones will cry out. In other words, what Jesus is saying here to them is, you can't keep this a secret. You can't keep this quiet. You see, literally the earth, the world, was crying out for a Savior. Was crying out for people to behold. To say, here He is. This is the one. This is the reason we celebrate. This is the Messiah. 
So I want to say to you and I today that it's our turn now. It's your turn. It's my turn to go to the world. We know the story because someone before us yelled, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. And had they gone somehow confused, had they said, Behold me, behold my achievements, behold my family, behold my accomplishments, behold something other than Jesus, I think the reality is we would not know about Jesus. But the beauty of God's plan is Jesus saying, if people aren't going to do it, the earth will, the stones will. Something is going to let people know that Jesus has been born, and that Jesus has come, and that the Savior is here. So I believe it's on us now. I believe it's on you. I believe it's on me to go out, not just at Christmas time, but to go out and to declare, behold, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Now, if I put this here, you'll probably knock it over, right? No. Let's see if this works. So we want to end today, I trust, by sort of taking on this, this mantle and saying that all those after us our children, our grandchildren, our great-grandchildren, our, our neighbors, our, our fellow people at work, our, our co-workers, our whoever, need you and I to go out and to declare the most amazing news ever. The shepherds did it. John did it. Simeon did it. Anna did it. And Jesus said, if no one will do it, God will use stones. God will use stones. But the world must know. The world must know that the Lamb has come. We're going to end. The team can come up. We're going to end with this. I think it's just an incredible song. A joy to the world because that is what this brings. Now I understand from uh, conversations that I've had and even just something today some of you here today, this has been a rough Christmas. And that things in the family and things with finances and things with health are maybe not exactly what you wish they were. But can I just simply say to you, I think that that might be a way that your circumstance and that your environment or maybe some of the people around you, maybe that's their way as like the Pharisees were saying is be quiet, be quiet. You've got nothing to celebrate. You have nothing to be joyful over. And I would like you to just stand in the face of that and say no, behold the Lamb of God. Behold the Lamb of God. Yes, the news was bad. Yes, the situation is not what I wish it was. Yes, I wish things in the family relationships were this or this, but I'm not going to stay silent. I'm still going to yell out in the midst of my circumstance, behold the Lamb of God, because with Him I have joy. With Him I can shout for joy. The song we're going to sing is joy to the world. The Lord is come. Let earth receive her King. Let every heart prepare Him room and heaven and nature sing. And I trust that that's our desire today is just to cry out to God and say, 
There's room for you. There's room for you. We will behold you. We will share and we will declare this to everyone we see. That no matter our situation, no matter our environment, no matter the condition of our heart, Jesus has come, the Savior of the world. So Merry Christmas. Jesus is here. And we must now take and share him with all we see and everyone we see. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, I want to thank you so much that you give us joy. Thank you so much for the people who've gone before us. Thank you for Simeon. Thank you for Anna. Thank you for those shepherds that we don't even know by name. Thank you for the people on the streets who were shouting, Hosanna. Thank you for John and his faithfulness. Thank you for Mary and her obedience. And thank you for Joseph and his commitment to his wife. Thank you, God, for your story and for your beautiful plan. Thank you, God, that it involves us. Thank you that it involves all those who will accept and receive. So, Father, we want to thank you this morning for your son, Jesus. Thank you for this gift that you've given us to to set us free, to bring hope into a world that was hopeless, to bring joy into a place where there was nothing but sorrow and sadness. So, Father, I pray this morning as a God who ripped open the skies and brought light into a dark world, I pray this morning for those who are struggling today. Father, I pray that you would bring joy into their life. I pray that they, in the midst of their difficulty, would continue to proclaim you, Jesus. I pray that nothing would distract us from turning our focus to you and turning all the attention and all the focus to you. May you always be known and made known through our lives. So we pray, God, help us to proclaim to others, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Thank you for your plan. Thank you for involving us. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.